0: Welcome back, everybody, to Who's Your Band? This is the first, the first episode of 2021. Happy New Year, Sean Morton.
1: Oh, Jeffrey, I hope this year uh, is so much better for your comedy career than last year was. Because last year was the best year you ever had in comedy.
0: Oh, Damn, God. shots fired. Last oh, yeah. Year. Get, buckle and Lynette. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be two against one today. Uh, After oh, yeah. what we're going to talk about, but uh, yeah, it's 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 been it's been uh, 2020. I'm glad to see it behind us. I'm cautiously optimistic for 2021. And uh, let's let's get the show started. Let's introduce our first guest of the new year. Uh, this is a friend of yes, this is a friend of both of ours. Yes, we, so, we love her. She's so with she's such a. Good-hearted person with terrible music taste, but let's introduce um, <laughs> HBO Miss Lynette Palladino.
2: Well, hi guys, how are you? Oh, is just
0: fantastic! Yes, yeah, she is.
2: Did Linette you guys watch football Paladino. today? I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything.
0: Uh, of uh, yes, course, we so watch football. Old... We're
1: red-blooded American men.
2: Well, Those I teams mean, both
1: suck. Of course, I we cannot... watch football.
2: No, uh, I have to root for the Eagles tonight. I need yeah, to feel so How to painful is that? For the Giants to be NFC East champs with a record of 7 and 10.
0: 6 and 10. <laughs> 6 and 10. Get Sorry, that right. 6 and 10. Sean, I'm getting Bobby Rydell flashbacks. Oh, my God.
1: Now, I don't don't know if you're a fan of the show or ever watched this show, but we had Bobby Rydell, who was an old 60s singer. And he proceeded to hijack the show by screaming at the television because he's 78 years old and doesn't realize how technology works. And then when he realizes that he's on an actual podcast and he's screaming at the Eagles the entire episode. Nice. We're hoping we're not doing that again this week.
2: No, no, no. So we're no. good. The but only screaming might be from my my
0: two year old. Right, let's talk. Let's talk about you, okay? Let's talk about Lynette. Um, very, you're a very interesting person. I always found you to be a very interesting person. And okay. you no, know, what the first thing I want to ask you about is um, when did you get your start in comedy?
2: I, well, I started doing comedy in August of uh, 2014, the summer of 2014. I took a class uh, with Corey Kahaney through Manhattan School of Comedy, which is um, they partner like they do all their graduation shows with Gotham. Um, and then I just never looked back. That was, that was well,
0: what, it. what inspired you. Like what? Like, you know, because, you, again, like I said, interesting uh, person. You had a military career. Right. I
2: have. I have a military career.
0: You're still still active in the military. Yeah. Okay, so you you're in the military. But what made you decide to make the leap into stand up?
2: Um, It kind of comes from a sad place. My dad uh, had passed away in March of 2014. Um, And (laughs) we didn't do a lot of hugs in my house when I was a kid, Uh, you know, being in the army you don't you don't really process emotions the same way. I don't think. Um, so I kind of went the route of like I just need a sort of creative outlet. I need to do something fun. Um, I just need to do something kind of selfish for myself. Uh, and I landed on uh, stand up comedy, which wasn't um, wasn't out of left field by any stretch of the imagination. I'd been a performer my whole life up until I graduated college. Uh, everything. I, I've played a musical instrument since I was 11. Uh, I played French horn all the way from grammar school through college. Um, I That's used... not an instrument. Okay, just kidding. It's a nerdy
1: band <laughs> instrument. That's not <laughs> a guitar
2: sorry, based on uh, drums. It is literally called the king of the orchestra.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I love well, the, the, the Beach Boys. Who, who goes to orchestras? Bumble.
2: The people who well know have
0: sweet. French horn. So so you played the French horn. Did, did you do any type of acting or anything?
2: I did and I I sang um I was president of the university of choir at Fordham Lincoln Center uh, for 2 years. I I was in the vagina monologues one year in college. Uh, I I was I was one of those uber nerds in high school. Like I did everything in high school. Captain of this that and everything else. Um or like an officer like like I yes, I I did a lot. And then, and with, once I graduated college, I went straight off to my officer basic course within nine months of graduating college. I was in Iraq. Um, and then most of of the military army army. Yeah. And I, I spent the three, first three years out of college either deployed or doing something army related.
0: What was Iraq like?
2: Um, The first time I went to Iraq, it was great. I went to Iraq in March 2009 uh, to March 2010. And then I went again in uh, uh, September of 2016 to September of 2017. uh, Yeah, 2017. I came back in July, but my orders went all the way through. Um, So the first time it was great. It was a really incredible experience. I was working at like a very high level of government. Like we would get taskers directly from like the white house or congress or Joint chiefs of staff um and then my second time in iraq was trash like isis hmm. is, is no joke
0: <laughs> why was it trash what what made it
2: it was um it was a different i was working at the lowest level of the army that i had ever worked at i was at the battalion level um I was working with people who were not, I don't really think they viewed the Iraqis or, as our equals, as our partners in the fight against terrorism, the fight against ISIS. Um, I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, a lot of them were just there collecting paychecks. Uh, it was a very uncaring situation. Whereas of course my shop, uh, I'm an intel officer and I had a shop of analysts, of about four or five analysts that I would not to say overwork but i made them i made sure to make them feel the purpose and the full understanding of what their contribution was to the fight against isis like and it was like the work that we were doing as analysts was incredible um and then of course 10 feet across the aisle from us there were people there who weren't gainfully employed um sometimes through no fault of their own sometimes because they were absolute dirtbags and it was just it was a really frustrating situation to say nothing of the actual work that i had to do which was read every single day for nine months the gruesome horrific things that isis was up to um, i was going to ask you
0: that. how bad was isis yeah that
2: stuff that stuff will drain you yeah. they were they were awful um I I can put it to you this way. Here's like one example of one of the things that ISIS was responsible for. Uh, When they invaded uh, the Yazidi region of Iraq, which is where Iraq starts to border uh, Turkey, it's also known as like the Kurdistan area. Um, When they invaded the Yazidis, They killed most of the military-aged males, and they took all of the childbearing females, whether they were 12 or 42, and they sold them off into sexual slavery. They didn't just sell them into sexual slavery. They created, like, glossy magazines. They uh, itemized each woman. They figured out, like, whether she was... um, whether she had gotten her first period yet, whether she was still a virgin, whether she had had any kids yet, um, all of those went into like demographics of a profile that they were building for each woman. And then that woman would go into a catalog and you would like pick which sexual slave you wanted to buy. And she came with like a certificate, like your certificate of authenticity. And she was not freed until you gave her her certificate back or she somehow escaped. Because even if her her the guy who bought her decided he was like going to go martyr himself and blow himself up, he could just take that certificate and hand it to his brother and be like, "Well, she's yours now. Have a great time."
0: What did you What did you do? Like get collecting all this data? What did, did you have to keep track of it, or was there anything? Did you intervene?
2: Yeah, no, 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 no. I was so I'm an intel officer. So uh, what I would do is read, process, analyze, and then provide my assessment. So as an Intel officer, that's where we make our bread and butter and on the value, accuracy, timeliness um, of our assessments. Mm. You know, will these assessments affect on our, my specific units operations or my higher unit's operations in the next either 96 hours, month, three months, nine months, whatever the case is?
0: Is ISIS still as strong now in the oh, middle God, East? no.
2: Not even close.
0: No. What, is, what was the biggest difference that
1: you saw in yourself going in as a regular, you know, just going into the Army and then, you know, all these years later? Like, what what is the biggest change that you've that you've noticed in yourself?
2: Um. Well, I, I could tell you that just in the Army in general. So the Army that I grew up in was... I think the easiest way to describe it was very English, right? Like there's just no feelings. You you shove that shit down in like a little box and you don't open it until you die. And then um, we realized that's not healthy. Uh, I don't know if you heard the army has an incredibly high suicide rate. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to that that approach of dealing with your feelings. Um, You know, we talk about resiliency constantly, um, but then we also talk about advocating for yourself. And um, we are much more gentle about mental health than we ever were. Uh, So I've been in the army 14 years and I'm watching this transition and I'm watching the guys that, and women, the, the folks that are, you know, nearing retirement that are maybe five, 10 years older than me in the service that are having a really hard time understanding that because you have these young kids who are 18, 19, 20 years old who have only ever been told to affirm your feelings, to speak your opinions, to uh, if you're having a bad day, that's okay. You come back the next day and and we try it again. And that is great, but sometimes we have to approach things in the military with a sense of urgency. And as much as I would like to give you all the time in the world to process your feelings, your emotions, I also need you to be a little thick-skinned or or set your feelings aside for a minute so that you can do what we need to do. And I promise we'll give you all the time in the world later, but right now, like, we need to focus. And Is it, that a it,
0: problem now, Lynette?
2: It's a, I don't want to say it's a huge problem, but it's a very sensitive difficult problem to navigate um and it's very real like I have soldiers right now that I love to death that are such incredibly hard workers that are great but because there's somebody like one step above me who's given them a really hard time they're like I don't even know if I want to be in the military anymore and I get that feeling because I've been there I'm like I don't and then yeah so it that that is probably the biggest change the biggest change is in um you know all of the me too stuff all of the the racial inequity all of that stuff is happening in the military just the same way and people would go oh well then you just need to be you're know, more thick skinned tougher it, our problems are no different right like and our approach to those problems is where we go should they be different should the military handle these situations differently or is maybe that person just not cut out for the military and that's a really hard pill to swallow
1: i found it interesting too because like my um you know my nephew was an 82nd airborne for a while and he would talk about things just so freely and without blinking an eye like he would make a joke like you know we we would say no did you ever did you ever kill anybody he'd be like no 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 of course in front of the family and then like he'd get me alone and he'd go sixth person in the charge of a Taliban. I slid his throat from ear to ear. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to know this shit. You know, I don't want to know this yeah. shit, but he would talk so freely about that. But then like, I played a joke on him one time and said, Hey, come over for dinner. And I gave him an MRE and he lost his mind. Yeah. So like a like, little thing triggered him like that, you know? So I do understand like the whole balance of, you know, trying to keep the You know the the very serious business of being in the military, to also the the real serious you know fragility of the human mind as well too.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's hard, and um, you know sometimes I kind of just laugh like I'm like I think you guys forget what you signed up for because like. The army is not a nine to five and it's not just when you're wearing the uniform. There's so many times where, especially on a podcast where I've said something like, Oh my God, I just lost my retirement <laughs> like, oh fuck. because the, the, we represent the military at all times. And how, I,
0: important, how important is your sense of humor though, to get you through all this?
2: Uh, so um, this is funny because none of my soldiers uh two soldiers that i in my current battalion know that i do stand up well i take that back my commander also knows so my commander well, now
0: everyone's going to know that you're doing stand up
2: you know thankfully uh i'm not important enough that people bother to google me but my first sergeant googled me um so it's like so when were you going to tell me uh dick i was like thanks <laughs> um and i told my boss my battalion commander i told him um and he's like, well, as long as you just keep everything on the up and up. And I want—I feel like he and I might have two different definitions of that. <laughs> but um, it does—it definitely is tricky. Uh, and, of course, you guys know Vince August. Um, I mean, if it ever came down to it, like I don't think I'd have a hard time making the same decision that Vince made.
0: Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh... – something exciting in your life that, that just recently happened. You were just on, uh, HBO Latino. Doing I know?
2: Yeah. You, I you,
0: walk us through that whole process. Tell tell people about that. You know, people may not know you, you know, this is exciting news.
2: It was really exciting. So I, um, I had a couple of friends forward me, uh, you know, a, an open call to submit to HBO Latino to be, to compete for, um, Special with HBO Latino. So basically, HBO Latino has. Is this has, the same?
0: I'm sorry. Is this the same uh, show contest that Alex Carabano was a uh, part yes. of? Yes.
2: Alex okay. Carabano won it uh, alongside Mark Vieira. Um, sure. Mark, I know Mark. Yeah. And Mark, I mean, the, the two of them have been in the game for a long, long time. Um, so it is the same competition. That was the very first year of it. Uh, and they both won so they both came out with um a uh, i think it's a 15 minute special on hbo latino so basically hbo latino has their version of like netflix's the degenerates or killers or whatever it is where you you don't do like a full 30 or a full um, hour-long special you just you get this 15 minute bit uh, yeah, it's, all,
0: it's t- called pendejos actually I think that's what yeah.
2: it's called. <laughs> yeah exactly but it,
0: it's so much better than 15 minutes because it's, it's solid it's easy to uh to watch yeah. right there's no fall off
2: yeah no it would have it, it was it was an incredible opportunity um and it was completely free to submit to so that's always fun I submitted at like literally with forty minutes to go on the deadline, um, like like you had to have it in by eleven fifty nine on November thirteenth. I was on my phone at eleven ten because I had been trying to get a better tape that same night, and I ended up submitting a much older tape. I completely forgot about it until one day uh, I'm selling the house that I'm sitting in right now. I was moving shit and. In the Process of moving and had my phone near me and I saw three missed calls and I was like, the fuck? And then I had a text from that same number, and they were like, Oh, it's Colleague Stogilla. Um, please call me back as soon as you get a chance. And I was like, Who's that? <laughs> so I googled him and it was the founder of Nylift, the New York Latino Film Festival, and I went, Holy shit, like like nobody's going to call you three times to tell you you lost like you know what right, I mean right. like, they send you an email like if they even send you an email they're like sorry maybe next year um but no they called me um I was in tears in the, just completely overwhelmed with emotion I mean because this year has been so hard for all of us so to get that kind of Um, validation and feedback from the industry was pretty huge. Uh, And it it happened in a flash. Like they called me on a Wednesday. They were supposed to announce it that Friday. They pushed it off to Monday. But by the following Wednesday um, or by the following Thursday, I was on a plane to L.A. So within eight days of finding out, I was on a plane to L.A. to compete.
0: Where did you uh, run the set? You know, you know, I mean, especially in this time, it's so hard to to get stage time, uh, you know. So where were you? Yeah. And and doing it on Zoom isn't quite the same as having to do it in front of. It wasn't. So in fact,
2: I did. I posted um, Not a lot of comics responded, but I posted asking if anybody had any um, stage time. I truly only needed five minutes. We were only competing with a five minute set. Um, so it was like just five minutes and I reached out to a bunch of people personally that I knew were running shows and it was the last week before they closed indoor dining again in New York city. So I got really lucky that I got to do a couple in-person spots and then I did a couple zoom shows and I felt like very confident about my set. Um, Joel Larson, very good friend of mine. He came sat here in this basement with me and we picked out like my greatest hits uh, and we ran it. We ran it like three times. we We worked on an opener. Um, we worked on how to handle like uh, the Zoom situation because a lot of my best jokes have like a little bit of crowd work to them. You know what I mean? like yeah, you, yeah, like you pick on somebody in the audience, you ask them a question and you use that as a segue. So we talked about how to navigate that situation.
0: We were able to use that in during the competition because I saw that they had like TV screens. So w- could it be somewhat interactive?
2: Yes. So this was a Zoom on steroids. So I was, we were all personally encouraged to invite our families and friends to participate on the Zoom, especially if they could guarantee that they were going to be in like a quiet, secure place and like just be audience members. And I sent it to like everybody um, uh, that I thought would show up. And I was like, Hey, like, just so you understand, if you join the zoom this way, you're going to be in the audience. Like I will be able to see you. You will be one of the floating screens as I'm giving my set. I would love to hear your, your laughter, see your face as a show of support. And I had, I, a lot of friends did a lot of family did. Um, and they would just monitor there. There were three people Acting as like producer operators, um, one guy was just keeping the Zoom up, like keeping it alive, making sure everybody could be heard and um, in both channel in both directions. One guy was switching out which faces were up on the screens to make sure that somebody who was on their phone, wasn't being shown because that's not who you want to perform to. You don't want to perform to the person that's distracted or the people that were like having conversations in the background were getting but immediately muted. wasn't like muted. a typical Zoom
0: show where you had like half black boxes?
2: No, no black boxes would have been on the screen. So the screen, the screen's rotated. I think it was a wall of about 30. And so the wall was a semi-circle and they would they would just shift faces throughout. The but,
0: looked great. I I am
2: honestly like, I keep saying this to people. I'm shocked that we don't have it in New York, that one of these clubs hasn't said we can build that. Let's, let's start doing shows that way. We can build it. And, and for 40 bucks to be in a private audience with any of us, like
1: the same clubs that pay you $10 a spot and they want you to pay $3 for chicken fingers. Those Mm -hmm. clubs that don't want to invest money. Is that what you're talking about?
2: Yes. Okay. (laughs) I did, I did hear that the seller did something like that on New Year's Day with a company called Mint. I heard that they did something like that, but it wasn't a Zoom. So it was live, but it wasn't a Zoom. So I don't I, know how interactive it was. Like I, I could point to a friend and talk to them. That's they, great.
0: I think no matter what, we we could do all the technology in the world we want. Comedy is still a contact sport. Oh yeah. I, but so so so. After you were done, um, whether you, you know, whatever the outcome was, it was still, like you said, tremendous validation for your career, and it had mm-hmm. to be a hell of an experience for you.
2: The guys that won, um, so there were two winners announced, we didn't know that there was one, and then they were like, Hey, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> the guys that won are both really cool dudes, Abi Sanchez and Cisco Duran. One Abi's oh, from Cisco Chicago. From, uh, from Miami, yes, oh, Cisco sure. from Miami, yeah,
0: um, yeah, man. Oh my god, he's been around for for such a long time that's um C is open for years
2: yeah, so and that's the thing like cisco has Great been guy. doing it for Great a long guy. ass time and Abby's at 10 maybe 11 years he just he just got um the year before he had just gotten his jfl credit um so i i have zero issues with losing out to them like these guys have been grinding they're doing their thing it's not like you know what i mean like it's not like some fucking nobody that came it's out of nice, nowhere but i've
0: done still a nice bump up for you
2: yeah Absolutely. yeah i mean i've only been in this game six years if you include that whole year that i was deployed you know mm-hmm. and as right. we know taking a month off from comedy is hard let alone a year
0: so another thing i want to ask you is how do you do it man you're you are Listen, before COVID, we used to see each other all the time. You were always one of the grinders, the hardest working comedians I've ever seen, you know, just constantly out there, whether it be barking or, or performing or networking. And, and then you're also a mom and a wife. And, you know, it's like, man, how do you and and, and you're out there doing late spots and you're out there doing like whatever you can do. And, and nothing is below you which which means like i think in, in i mean order i to don't be, do I,
2: them all well right no, you do. <laughs>
0: like, I, i'm not married like, I, I don't tell know you right
2: now, i'm not my my child's favorite parent <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> well, you, you had a 50 50 shot at that and you
2: blew I it did. But that's <laughs> what i say i say it all the time i had a 50 50 shot uh i have no issues with not being the favorite parent uh she's 100 a daddy's girl um and i kind of feel bad for him because right now like she won't let me do shit she goes, no, no, mama, you know, change my diaper. Dad, dad, mm-hmm. change my diaper. I'm like, as you wish, bitch, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's I say one,
1: one of the greatest moments of my, of my comedy career, one of the most fun was actually working with you. And you were probably, what, about 37 weeks pregnant at the time?
2: Uh, no, that was the week I gave birth.
1: Oh, so you were right there. My whole mission, I had never met Lynette until that night. Mm-hmm. We were at this uh, very- The crow's
2: Nest in Hackensack. Crow's nest
1: in New Jersey, which Jeff, if you don't know, is basically like a cougar hangout. So like if you <laughs> want to get- Never been there. Oh, you should definitely go. Um, but I just met Lynette and I'm looking at her and I'm like, yeah, it's one of those awkward moments where like, well, is she just really chunky? <laughs> you know, you had that moment. And then of course you know, it comes out that she's pregnant. So now my whole mission, and she says like, yeah, I'm, I'm due like any minute. My whole goal was to make her water break that yeah. night. <laughs> I went out with my greatest hits trying to make sure that I had my first person ever have a baby during one of my sets. Did not work,
2: though. That show was hilarious because a lot of my family, I don't, you know, I don't always get to do shows in Jersey, but my family is here in Jersey. And they came out and um, the people who are like my little sisters were out at a back table and they're like 22, 23 years old. And Sean's doing crowd work with them. They're like, how old? are He's like, how old are you? I'm like 22. Oh, your pussy still smells like rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> and they were like mortified. I know, like, I
1: it's become a family joke now <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah you are you are a very uh, a very active mom how do you find the balance with that and it's, and still trying to be a mom be a you know be a wife be a soldier and be a comedian all at the same time i give you a lot of credit i really i don't give anybody credit i really don't you never I give me credit credit
2: yeah, I mean, you can't show. do it all at once, right? I mean, there were a couple of times I wore my daughter on stage because I couldn't find somebody to watch her. Um, but uh, you know, thankfully, my husband and I have the financial means to have help. I have um, an au pair, which is incredible. Uh, she's the best. I've, I've had one since my daughter was six months old. And now she, I've had one for the last two years. So oh. having that amount of childcare Per week it almost guaranteed is is just it's the only way to to function but i'm also very strategic so hmm. like if i was um like i'd get home from McDougal street at like 2 a.m i would sleep until 6 a.m when she woke up and then when my daughter would nap in the afternoon i would nap with her
0: uh, that's what you do in a week before the uh, pandemic uh
2: like 12 to 15
0: yeah, that's, that, that's a good that's a good amount of uh, you know, stage time that's making up for, for lost time. Um, do you see, you know, you, you Comedy Pete, you guys were like these New York City staples on that street. Yeah. Do you see New York City coming back?
2: No. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, you guys know Ellen Karras. She posted today. Yeah. She was asking like very candidly, like, what do you think of New York? I'm like, guys, this is. If you are a New York City comedian, you could, you better go get your license. <laughs> you better go get a car, get that frequent flyer credit card, because um, it's just not happening in New York City. And we all have to remember that shit rolls downhill. So the people that were embarking on the, their first theater tours, they're going to, you know, if they get to do their theater tour, great. If not, they're going to get pushed right back into the clubs that we were all trying to, like, break out of, break from host to feature, feature to headliner, like great, all
1: that shit. Great, been, great point. Yeah. I, I said this too, because like, I am and Jeff, you guys work in the city a lot. I never, I st- I'm, st- I'm still working in the city. I and never do it. I I never do it. Yeah. I mean, if I do two or three shows a year, because I, I work on the road and it's a great point because now it's happening even on the road is like, so I, you know, I'm not saying I'm this national fucking guy in the least bit, but like, you know, within the tri-state area, I've grinded for 11 years to get from host to feature It's a headline a lot of these clubs. And now when, when this starts opening up, I know I'm getting bumped back to feature because yeah. all of these major comedians now who used to be doing theaters and stuff like that are now doing the fucking chuckle huts in Scranton. Because okay. they have to do – and they're getting the money that they want, too. But it's a, it really is a trickle-down effect because now, like, people like me who are that middle to headline are going back to the middle, and the middle guys are going to host, and then the hosts are like, well, guess I'm doing a fucking open mic at the coffee bar again.
2: You oh, know? my really gosh, sucks. totally.
1: It really sucks, but I don't see New York coming back either. That's just my opinion, but I, I'm, an outs- I, I'm an outsider when you really think about it.
2: No, I really – I think um... – I think people really are underestimating the severity of the economic impact on New York city right now. And I think we saw the mass exodus over the summertime. I think there's still another wave of people who signed leases in January, February, March of 2020. Once those leases expire, they're like, bye. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not worth paying these fucking prices to live in a city that has nothing to offer me right now. I mean, truly nothing like the museums are open, thank God, but there's no Broadway. There's no opera, the Lincoln Center. There's no dining. I mean, everything's underground or hush hush, or you have to freeze your ass off outside. Um, I mean, I do it. I do it because I live in the city. I mean, that's, that's, I'm happy to do it. But the week and,
0: before, the, the week between New Christmas and New Year's is always the best week to do comedy in New York City. Oh
2: my and gosh. 100%.
0: Yeah, this year I did a couple of shows in the city, and I got to tell you, it was the eeriest, saddest thing I've experienced in in quite a while. I mean, it just didn't, ne- it never felt that way. It didn't have that, that same feeling. And and I don't think it's coming back. And I think everything you said, I think your you're point on.
2: Well, and like, I don't think it's coming back as. People think it is. I really, truly think it's going to take like 10 years. And the city that does come back and is California going to
0: be is the same way, by the way.
2: So How would you pay worse. California taxes? Yeah, worse.
0: exactly. Why?
2: When you can go right over to Nevada and not pay that shit. Yeah,
0: very
1: true.
2: <laughs> I, I really think. Um, the 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 desire and the drive that we had towards urban urbanization, where you would live, work, eat, shit, play in the city. Like, you know, there was like, let's get rid of cars and be within a 10 minute walk of everything about your life. You don't need to do that anymore with broadband and Internet and working from home. Like it used to kind of be stigmatized working from home. And now it's not because everybody's doing it.
0: Like no, con- Contact is bad. Contact is bad. Cars are bad. Everything. Everything's bad. The way things were before everything. We, we did everything wrong. Everything was wrong. according according to the way things are now. What were you going to say, Sean, before we get into music?
1: Well, what I was going to say actually involves music is because I, um, you know, we all have our friends in comedy, you know, Jeff, not being one of them. And, uh, but you have friends for different reasons and you also find common ground with some of those friends too. And one of the pieces of common ground that I do have with our guest today is our love of the same band. Let's
0: talk about this. All right, let's get into this.
1: Yes. And the reason why I'm taking the lead with the music part of this, Lynette, which Jeff usually does, is uh, I will tell the audience your favorite band is Fleetwood Mac.
2: 100%.
1: They are a great band. I love them. And the reason why I'm taking the reins with this part is because Jeff can't stand Fleetwood Mac.
0: No, I can't. Most most (laughs) overrated band in music. Somewhere. I really
2: have no idea how much that hurts my heart Good. to hear.
0: Good. Maybe no, because maybe, maybe, um, you're a smart girl and I'm trying to put a little sense into you. One great album. I'll give you that. One great album. One.
2: Not rumors. just one.
0: Watch better. That's it. All they have is rumors. Okay. Rumors. So first of all, let's great put album. that
2: into perspective. Let's put the fact that they had one tremendous album.
0: Tremendous album. I'll give and you that. And then. The top ten album.
2: It's pretty hard. To create fucking unicorns every time. Do you know what I mean? Ah, Black <laughs> like, Sabbath
0: did it. Iron, Ma- Iron Maiden's done it. Zeppelin did it.
2: Okay, now let's talk Raven about that Machine. one album. Every like decade or so, it ends up in the top 100 again for no fucking reason. People yeah. are just like, this shit is the shit. It's kind of. It really you know, there's no accounting bad, for
1: taste. Because Fleetwood Mac is not from Staten Island. Is what it comes down to because unless you're a band called White Tiger or fucking Black Panther, Jeff doesn't like
0: you. That's what it comes down to. Hey. A, even off of rumors, there's only two good songs.
2: No, 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 no. Well, this yeah, is bananas.
0: A, no, okay. okay. Most overrated song in the history of music is Dreams. I am sorry to say. I, I Everyone with this fucking song, and I, I can't take. See, I think Stevie Nicks is extremely overrated with her nasally You know, oh. uh, uh, I'm it's sorry. Not like you think woman.
2: the only female to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was a false. is a is Lynette, extremely I'm overrated.
0: Brought, so glad you brought that up. How how is Pat Benatar not inducted into the Hall of Fame? Joan Jett, by the way, is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and. She She was inducted the year before, but Pat Benatar 1000% should have been inducted before Stevie Nicks as a solo artist.
1: You are out of your mind.
0: I'm Not out of my mind. I will tell you one of the times better.
1: Jeff knows that I am a huge concert goer. Uh, I've probably been to somewhere between 800 and a thousand concerts in my life. And. You, when you go to so many, you you kind of they all kind of blend in, and like once in a while, one will always stick out. I saw Stevie Nicks in 1991 at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in Saratoga Springs, New York. Mm. He comes out uh, solo. By the way, every single song she had a costume change.
2: Wow! Was only on stage, only stage
1: share, for about eight seconds. Yeah. From one. And she had that audience from the first song wow. to the last song, and it was still I, one of the best concerts I ever went to.
2: I have seen her, uh, I want to say I've probably seen her like six or seven times by herself. Um, I have seen Fleetwood Mac four times twice with all five band members. I'm, I'm, I was born in the 80s, I should not be able to say that, right? Uh, I completely missed the reunion brought to. Us by yours truly, Bill Clinton. No, um, yeah, you were lucky. And it was, it was phenomenal. Like, there's just first, first of all, the fact that all five members are still alive. I think that's just a testament to how blessed by God they are. Like, they're God's chosen band. Um,
0: <laughs> I, think, them, I think it's a, I, or or it could be looked upon as a plight.
2: No, none of them should be <laughs> alive. Do you know how many drugs they did? How many people they fucked? They should all have like.
0: HIV and oh well, we're keeping our fingers crossed, Lynette. Oh
1: of, my think, think of the balance, though. <laughs> think of the, the torment between Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks playing together for what thirty five years. Yeah. When and she writes, she writes, and I know it's a stupid meme that people talk about all the time, but like they always say, Taylor Swift, oh you break up with me, I'm gonna write a song about you, and Stevie Nicks is like, well, hey, listen, not only did I write the fucking song about you, but you're gonna play it on stage with me for thirty five years <laughs> and it's the truth but that now they're not obviously together anymore because he's never going to be in the band
0: again but Ever. that's one of the one of the most yeah, the most talented guy in the band is the guy who got kicked out of the band
2: i disagree with that i i think Lindsay is incredibly talented um i think christine's contributions to the band are extremely underrated i think a lot of uh the band's success every single band member's contributions were clouded by the drama between lindsey mick and stevie but i i don't know that he is the most contributing member i mean don't stop wasn't ri- it was written by christine mcvee um mm-hmm. you know it, it's i, I, I don't three know songs. that i agree with that what
1: are your top three songs from them if you had to pick three
2: um okay so this is this gets tricky for me because i have Versions of how the song was played, like when they do Tusk on. Oh, why? Listen to me. Fuck it. When I, they I, the do one song I'm tusk. hoping you
0: weren't gonna pick. I have to be. Guess? I hate. It. Oh, such. Oh, you're making you're me so happy. when I just with with it. With, the, with the marching band with the, yes. mar- with the when yes, the, the USC. USC
2: marching band yes. comes it, out it's in... hack it's fucks. how do you it how do you how do you not get chills? I it's <laughs>
0: because it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Why do you like it so much?
2: It's fantastic because I'm a one nerd. The first I don't
0: thing know, you know if you
2: heard me mention that I played the French horn for There's like no 10 French years French horn of my in that.
0: Life. Stupid song. It's, all, it's all it all is when rumps. you do
2: it with USC.
1: Ugh. <laughs> so Lynette, when my when my co-host yes. has a stroke after this episode, are you free on Sunday nights at seven o'clock to do a music <laughs> yes. podcast? Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Continue. <laughs>
2: Uh, I think 100% Tusk is, is fantastic. Um, I'm a sucker for when the the encore happens and Christine comes out by herself and plays a little songbird. Uh, I don't know how you don't like how that song just doesn't fucking touch you in your cold, cold heart, Jeffrey Paul. Um, uh,
0: Songbird.
2: And then, uh, I mean, yeah, there there are times when um, you know there's a Stevie Nicks song that has <laughs> a Lindsey Buckingham solo, and I just watch them like love glare at each other. That a uh, yeah, anytime that happens in a song, I'm there for it.
0: Yeah, that's so that's so dramatic. You know, are they are they not going to look at each other? Are they going to reconcile? Who cares? I no can't remember. Cares. Was it
1: an MTV Unplugged that they did, or like a VH1 special? That they recorded live and they put out like in the late 90s. They put out a live album. Yes, you're right.
2: They, they put out the... So after 90s. they, they did the, 90s. the campaign song for Bill Clinton's um, uh, re-election, they did a tour together and that's when they released a, a concert album.
1: I can right. remember watching the video of them doing Silver Spring and... Stevie and Lindsay are looking at each other and they're, they, you can actually yes. see the daggers being shot at each other while they're singing that song, which is, which Time is probably,
2: cast a spell on you.
1: Was that, riveting
0: you
2: that
1: was riveting. That it was good. It's it was a moment, was good a good moment that was captured on film that you can never. Yeah. Deny. So that's yeah. one of my favorite songs. Uh, I love landslide as well.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. You guys are f- land, That's another, that's in my top three hate songs, landslide. It's the most overrated song ever. It's not poignant. It's not fun. Jeff, There's it's nothing. just beautiful. Sometimes it's, you have it's, to no, see it's not. Beauty simplicity. No, it it's oh doesn't my God. have to be, be about, I'm going
2: to, I, it's in my, it's in like my funeral notes to play that song and I'm going to have Jeff Paul come and play. Press the
1: fucking play button. Oh, Lynette, he's fifty <laughs> years older than you. Trust me, he's dying before you. <laughs> um, And then I'm gonna go with dreams, even though I had that little resurgence with the Ocean Spray guy. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie; Uh it did it brought the song back to number two. In case you didn't know that, Jeff, because of the uh no one's the- putting out good, good new music. I mean, oh, there's a lot of good music. Listen, if no, you heard not. listen if you heard the new Miley Cyrus and like, I've heard the new Miley. It's okay, uh, you know I, I, what? And, 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 I'm with you 100% on that,
2: Sean. I really think Miley is the next Stevie.
1: She is the next, without question, she has the same voice. And I was watching some YouTube uh, videos of her last night. And you, yeah, you can yeah, tell from like a while ago, uh, she's, uh, she's definitely laying the groundwork to be the next big female rock star.
2: 100. I think she's great. I love her.
1: I do too. Listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with her and you'll have a whole new respect for her as well, too. Oh, really? It's like three hours of her talking about how great she, how much, how much she loves cocaine. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, well, listen, there you I, go.
2: She really is the next Stevie.
1: Yeah, exactly. I see. And, and Jeff, here's another thing. Stevie Nicks is probably what? 71 at this point. 73. In in uh, yeah. Still in my top three. No. Oh yeah. No. Yep. And I'll tell you <sighs> what right now. I'll tell you what right now. You put Mariah Carey and her in front of me. Don't know who I pick first.
0: Wow. wow. I,
2: can I, I tell you this? That. That. Um, that's I have, big,
0: that's breaking news. Yeah. Well, always you always had a, know, always had I you guys know. I have thing.
2: very long hair, and part of the inspiration for my very long hair is being a Stevie Nicks fan. I'm like, fuck it. Stevie can have hair down her back at 73. I can have long hair.
0: Exactly. exactly. I love you. I <laughs> you, okay. I have a lot of respect for you, but if I ever see you on stage twirling, okay, I oh will. <laughs> I will kill you.
2: I, I dance I, on stage all the time.
0: I hate that. That's the thing just... I, think I, I hate about Stevie Nicks the most is that stupid dancing.
1: Now, okay. just so you know, when when comedy opens back up and I get to book my first show, the first show I'm going to book is going to be me. Jeffrey Paul and Lynette Palladino. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to make Jeff host. And Lynette's <laughs> going to come out to feature. And as Lynette comes out to feature, she is required by contract to twirl her way on. No.
2: And you know what song no. I'm going to come out to? Fucking Tusk.
0: There you go. I will have it typed through the PA. That's in your <laughs> writer. Last concert I saw. Before the pandemic, my wife's cousin thought this would be a great idea. Why don't we all go see this show together? It was a, a, a flea- cover, band. cover band yes. and an Eagles cover band at the St. George theater. And I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't write fast enough. What hell was like, <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was literally Dante that night, you know, g- going through the three stages of hell. It was the one of the worst nights that I ever experienced. I think that includes the pandemic.
2: Because I've seen them all live. I don't I have not spent the money to see a Fleetwood Mac cover band, but I often <laughs> see them um at like Cafe Wa. like they'll they'll have on the schedule a Fleetwood Mac cover band.
1: And you this, would like to this go. It's to to also that, from right? the guy Lynette, by the way, who was actually upset because he had tickets for air supply and it got canceled due to the pandemic. Right.
0: Like it, yeah. listen that—that's the soft side of Jeff. Oh, this is not about it. me being and like one of us. And you a make fun of me and but at least at least those guys could sing, and they were good songwriters. I mean, uh, Fleetwood Mac. <sighs> okay, here are the list of songs I think are brutal by them. Um, Everywhere is a terrible song. Ooh, um, it's Christine, Old me off of Mirage was brutal. Sarah off of Tusk. Um, I can't... Stand another one, because it just rips me to my core. Gold Dust Woman.
2: Rock oh, oh, Gold on. Dust Woman.
0: Did you, now, I,
2: okay, okay, can we talk about what you just said? The number of pop references that ultimately end up back with Fleetwood Mac, there's not a single fucking band that can top them. They were immortalized in School of Rock, mm-hmm. uh, Lee did an entire fucking episode dedicated to them. Uh, Bill Clinton chose them as his his campaign song. I mean, that's how fucking gangster is that? Uh, is not gangster at all? It is gangster.
0: Don't to, stop.
2: To have it's a gangster? city president go, you know what? I want these fucking people who hate each other to get together just to sing for me. <laughs> just to not just help me win the presidency. Else. That's no. amazing. One of my favorite covers of all
1: time is actually off that Fleetwood Mac Tribute album that came out in the late 90s, too. Uh, Did you you ever hear that one? The uh, Cranberries? No, it was uh, Sister Hazel did Gold Dust Woman. And Mm. it is a brutally amazing song.
2: Brutally amazing. You've sent me that clip. Yes,
1: I have. It is a classic, Jeffrey. Jeff, check your email after the show. You will have a copy of that as well. (laughs)
2: But that, but like, let's talk about that. There's memes. There's like, you know, uh, Does that make
0: that doesn't make the music any better. With that,
2: it makes it transcendent. We're talking about an album that was written forty fucking years ago, and it's still relevant. It, mm-hmm. That's evergreen. That's timeless. How many people's music can you say I want to put that in the, the radio Stones, today?
0: The Who, Zeppelin.
2: no, 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 no. Really? I actually, I truly disagree with you there. I disagree. Mm-mm. I can't Fleetwood understand. Mac is a top
1: ten all
0: time band, without question. They are not. They are not a popular. question. Sean, the Who or Fleetwood Mac? Well, look, I you know I don't like the Who, but I will say
1: that the Who is a more popular uh, album selling band. But I think that Fleetwood Mac is a better band. No, no, no. Okay, Stones I, I, or Fleetwood Mac? The
0: Stones, of course. Okay, Zeppelin or Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac. You say Fleetwood Mac, I will kill you, Sean. Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Zeppelin's a great cover band. Are you out of your fucking How can you say that? Zeppelin. Zeppelin is the best blues cover band of all time.
2: Here's the only. I'm, band. I'm, I'm
0: shocked. I, he he's fucking with me right now. This he's fucking with me right now. You're you're gonna say they're a better blues band than than Zeppelin?
1: No, I said that Zeppelin is a great blues cover band, and Fleetwood Mac is a better band in
0: general than Led Zeppelin. Oh my god. Oh my God! You 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 can't be Sabbath or a Fleetwood Mac. Of course, I go Sabbath. You have to
1: go Sabbath because I'm a heavy metal fan.
2: Yeah, but that's—I was just going to say—that doesn't apply. That doesn't appeal to everybody. Right. Like when we're talking about universal appeal, uh, I mean, to to keep making fans decades after you've written songs together as a band like that, the monkeys do it. You're not, you think? don't
1: have to sell me, an embassy, you know what it is, because me and you are cut from the same cloth. We're intelligent people. Gym. We are <laughs> rational people. We understand good music, and we're not old curmudgeons like Jeff. Not an
0: old curmudgeon. I'm not an old what? curmudgeon. You you basically just said back in my day. It's exactly, <laughs> I didn't say back in my day. Back <laughs> back in my day. They, I just hated them boom, back boom, then, boom, and then as I realized they were terrible.
1: I can just picture Jeff sitting on a rock. <laughs>
0: yeah. He, <I> just <laughs> picture Jeff sitting on a
1: rocking chair on some deck in Staten Island holding a shotgun, just waiting for people to walk across his lawn. That's or, all
0: Alman Brothers or Fleetwood Mac.
1: Oh, Fleetwood Mac in a heartbeat. Oh my God. Sean, please. That's okay,
2: but those are different uh, purposes, right? Like Max, I I love the Allman Brothers. So I've seen I. the Allman Brothers. So do I.
1: I. He's just trying to make a point because he thinks that I'm bullshitting him when
0: I'm not. I can't, I can't believe – just the talent alone in the Allman Brothers blows away Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, and half of them are dead. They're all alive in Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, because they were it was
2: all Dicky Betts.
0: Dickie Betts. How about Dwayne Allman? He's How all right. But they Trucks? Come on. That whole, that whole band was insane. They're okay. So no, good. the
2: Allman Brothers are great, but it's a different genre. Like, you're comparing apples and oranges. So
0: what, yeah. are, you putting, what are you putting Fleetwood Mac in? They're a rock band and they're like a rock
1: pop band i would say so like i would put them in the same category as like a heart
0: hot much better a- absolutely not um and w- wait you, you 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 think ann wilson isn't as good a singer as stevie nicks i'm stevie saying nicks ann better.
1: wilson is a great singer i'm saying stevie it's nicks the is the top front people of all time is what i'm saying
0: St- freddie
1: mercury or stevie nicks Jeff, you're talking like a fucking idiot now. Really? Because you talking like an an idiot. She, you you, you're making
0: here. you're making these these ridiculous. She's the greatest front person in the oh, in oh, top, oh, top oh, ten. The Beatles and with Mac because uh, they, they're not that good. You're uh, saying how good? They're not that good.
1: They are an amazing band. They are awesome. they are well deserved in the Rocker Hall of Fame. So is Stevie Nicks. Her she should not not overpath
0: I'm sorry. Her is one of the
1: top ten female solo careers of all time.
0: She is. She has two songs, dude. Two songs. That white wing dove song. Edge edge of of,
2: 17. Edge
0: of 17. (laughs) Oh, can we talk
2: about that song? Okay, let's talk about Edge of 17 because you brought up Queen and Mm -hmm. everybody was like, you can't have a 10 minute fucking rock symphony as a single. And Queen was like, yeah, we can. We could do whatever we want. And they came out with Bohemian Rhapsody. Same shit happened with Edge of 17. How long is that fucking song? The Great
0: For, song, the great riff
2: ever, and it's a great song. And only somebody who's as amazing as Stevie Nicks could pull it off.
1: She does not have two good songs, by the way. That and Stand Back, those stand are the back, stand back Leather and
2: Lace. Oh, uh, the, the room's uh, on
1: Fire. Talk to me. Look, she did stop dragging my
2: heart
0: <laughs> right overrated. <laughs> it's a boring song, it's boring. It's boring when you look compare her catalog to 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 Pat Benatars. It's not even close, man. It's not even close. I
2: I I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: You never heard of of of, of, Of course uh, I've
2: heard of Pat Benatar, but I I couldn't I can think of two Pat Benatar
1: songs. Lynette, just understand one thing. You've only had to deal with this for about forty-nine minutes. I've had to deal with this for a fucking year already. (laughs) Doing this podcast. Okay, we're
0: going on a year, folks. Fucking year. Going on a year of this drivel. It's not drivel.
2: (laughs) I just don't understand it. When he asked me if I wanted to do the show, I was like, yeah, but you hate Fleawood Mac.
1: And he's like, that's why it'll be great. I'm like, no, Well it though? No, and no it all it does, look, all it does is it shows Hibbs his ability to be closed minded to oh, you know what? They're not a fucking they didn't drive a Camaro and wear fucking stonewashed jeans when you're wearing it. You you fucking had class and you and you had money to go out to a nice restaurant. I wanna well, I don't well, what's fucking wrong with driving and, a Camaro.
0: What's why, that? Why, why is why is a Camaro bed? Because you, you? You, you had
1: three of them, didn't you? You had three, didn't you, you prick? <laughs> no, What's that, wrong with
0: the Camaro? <laughs> that, was, that was the go-to car. Of course it was, Jeffrey. Camaro, Camaro or Firebird, that was it. Did you have a, Did you have an 8-track in yours? I certainly did. Of course you did. <laughs> and I, I would play Ted Nugent, Cat Scratch Fever on it.
1: Oh, God. Talk it was about all, overrated. It was
0: all I could afford. Talk about hey, overrated. Ted Nugent's not overrated. Oh, one of the most overrated guitar players of all time. No, I put Fleetwood Mac in the same category. I put a band like sticks who you, who you went to
1: see and you Oh, I got backstage passes to go see sticks in Chicago. Like you were bragging about that. That's right. Bragging that that you have fucking chlamydia for Christ's sake.
0: (laughs) They're in that same what what They're they're a a band that had one big album and and they kind of milked a career out of it.
1: What a horrible human being! He is a horrible, horrible human being. This might be my last show. I'm just letting you know. This might be my last show doing this. Uh, I don't know if I can continue doing this with somebody who is just that close-minded. Personally,
2: a career out of it. I'm sorry, people loved it so much that they Andrew Dice
1: Clay. Andrew Dice Clay is a very nice person when he's off. The microphone he's off camera he's a very sweet humble guy but when you realize that when he's on stage it's a gimmick this is just stupidity Lynette this is what it comes <laughs> down this is not a gimmick
0: secondhand news secondhand news that's a good song yeah no, yeah it's not, oh, second, I think uh, I think that
2: show, that that song right there shows how many different genres they put on that album they had a little rockabilly. Uh, they had some hard rock. They had like a nice slow piano tune. Gypsy. They... What's wrong with Gypsy? you're it, <laughs> gypsy. Yeah, that, it, it. You that's don't
0: like Rhiannon now too? Oh, I, I've always hated Rhiannon. Always, always hated Rhiannon. Always hated it. Th- these songs were just like cut me to my core. I could, I'll like, tell
1: you what it was, Lynette. This is what happened. Uh, so you're born in the 80s, I was born in the 70s. Now Jeff was born in the 50s. So <laughs> when Jeff was in, in the 50s. When Jeff was in high school, Jeff really tried to uh, get this girl. And he did everything that he possibly could to get this girl. And she would not give him the time of day because this girl wound up dating somebody who was in the uh, school musical. And the guy in the school musical gave her a copy of Rumors on vinyl. And they wound up getting together. And that broke Jeffrey's little black heart, which is the reason why he has this resentment towards them to this day.
2: Did you try to give her your jacket, your leather jacket, Jeffrey? That's
0: I would never give is. away my jacket because my jacket. Had
1: First of all, he never Sabbath. played a
0: sport in his life. <laughs> I had, I had a, a, I had a denim jacket with a black Sabbath cross on it on the back. That was my go-to jacket.
2: Of course, um, it was because I was, we're all I was comedians. School, I
0: was obsessed. I was obsessed by Sabbath growing up. They were my favorite band. Yeah, well, oh, why, why wouldn't you be obsessed
1: with a band who has two hot chicks who sing in it? No, let's have a guy who eats a fucking bat as the,
0: as your idol. That's a yeah, great because c- he was great. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then Dio follow equally is great. And then then along came Maiden.
1: Mm-hmm. Lynette, what were you going to say? Maiden, Since we're all Jesus
2: comedians as we're going to wrap my, this episode, my up. favorite comedian um, is Kathleen Madigan. She's Kathleen great. Madigan. Uh, The more I find out about her, the more I love her, because her favorite singer is Stevie Nicks.
1: See, a lot of people, Lynette, who have good taste in music, who appreciate great songwriting, a great voice, a great melody, but also agree that Stevie Nicks is one of their favorite singers as well. Not Pat Mm -hmm. Benatar, who has to have her
0: fucking husband write Uh, every fucking good song for her. Uh, You're nuts. You have no idea. Fire and Ice, Hell is for Children those aren't oh. great songs what the
2: Hell is for children yeah. how often do you hear that song out and about versus a flea mac song you cannot go because she, anywhere she, she's in public. not
0: well you you hear love is a battlefield just as much garbage
2: no i don't think that's true
0: remember that stupid video where, you the, hear uh, where one she got
2: beaten up versus... in a whorehouse
1: and she's dancing in the street the vid- Get out of here the vi- yeah the, the video was pretty bad but i
2: mean so, it's, but, but so it's is the constant. one for
0: for a uh, big love
2: I think the best part about being a Fleetwood Mac fan is that I can know, oh, I know when I walk into Stop and Shop, I'm going to hear them.
0: And that's (laughs) the exact reason why you shouldn't like Fleetwood Mac. (laughs) No, it's it's perfect. You will never never hear Sabotage in a, 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 a Stop and Shop.
2: No, but that doesn't make it better music.
0: Of course it does. No, it doesn't. Because it's not. Because it's, it's it's not like baloney, sellout. You know, like, like Oh God, uh, forbid you should have some music. radio
2: appeal.
0: Uh, listen, <sighs> Sat Iron Maiden is never on the radio, and all their songs are great. Are they, Jeff? Yes, they are. They're they're they're, they're if Sabbath is one, Maiden is one A. You know, I, I can't, I can't decide which band I like better.
1: Well, this is episode 46 of who is your band. We are six weeks away from our one year anniversary. And so I can make the announcement now starting with episode 47 and is now going to be myself and Lynette Palladino <laughs> on the show. <laughs> actually, my, this, my water this meter. was actually a lot of fun. You know, Jeff was like, That's I really cool. want to put Lynette on the show, but she's not funny. Her band sucks. And I'm like, dude, she's a great <laughs> friend. You got to have her on. She's totally fine. Uh, this was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot that of fun, not just picking on Jeff. Uh, having somebody else to do it with me it makes it so much easier.
2: I, I I'm terrified for when somebody will watch this and just screenshot my eyes popping out of my head and just going yeah. like this the entire time. Oh, yeah, he have Adam, Adam
0: Gay's eyes.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, <sighs> listen. Where can we find you on social media?
2: Um, on my Instagram at Lynette underscore Paladino.
1: And you post a lot of pictures of your beautiful daughter. Uh, a lot of them times she's giving you the stink eye, which I appreciate greatly all the time. Oh, she hates me. I love that about her. <laughs> I love that about Mary. I have not met she Mary Taste music. She was, she was in utero when I met her the first time. I have not met her since, but, uh, I will agree. She is definitely, uh, she has good taste in her favorite parent and, uh, <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, though. It was a lot
0: of fun today. Uh, thanks for yes. having me, guys. Awesome. F- folks, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, our numbers are doing great, but we still need subscriptions. So please, people, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, until next week, Lynette, thank you very much. Thank you, dear. Thank you, guys. Okay. Sean. take care, folks. Bye.